Jay. Devin. Yesterday was uh, it was difficult to it was difficult to even be in the same city where that victory or that loss was happening, <laughs> Marlins victory. It's just how ugly it was. Um, but they happened. Jay, you were there for part of it. I very much I, enjoyed that. I was. I was going to say the, the the only salvation really to being there yesterday. Well, there's two. One, I mean, you're still watching a major league baseball game. Didn't always appear there were two major sure. league baseball teams playing yesterday, but they they were, and it's still ball game. I I was there for six innings before I left to come home and get some more work done. But the only other salvation was the Seaside Market tri-tip nachos that I decided to have for lunch. Good and, for you. And I think I think if I hadn't done that, it might have I might have felt like the day was a really a total loss. But if, if I do say the food at Petco Park, and I've been to most of the parks, the food at Petco Park by and large and Seaside Market, we should get paid for this. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Near the top, if not the top of the league. Jay, you're right. Thank you for the perspective. I guess I've watched a lot of good baseball lately and I've become spoiled. You know what? Speaking of which, this team has a 569 winning percentage. Mm-hmm. That is second best. Now, there are whatever, 46 games to play. That would be behind only what year, Jay? Besides, let's throw out 2020. We're learning uh, unequivocally 2020 was just a weird year. Besides 2020, and this is an easy answer, what Padres team finished with a better winning percentage? Obviously, 1998 would be the yes. only one. They are, they are still on on pace, and we know we hate that. They are still on pace to win 92 games. Which the other Padres World Series team won. Okay, so so look, I still think this season qualifies as disappointing right now uh, in terms of the way that the Padres have played uh, a, a good bulk of the of the season. But holy smokes, this team is a good team. And and we are all acting and fans are acting like it is not. We talked before, I think it was last time on this podcast. I think that that is what being a fan is about. I think that's what being the media of a winning team uh, is about, that you find what's wrong, what's going to keep mm-hmm. you from the ultimate goal. Um, but it's it's kind of amazing <laughs> how, how good this team is. Well, and I, I think, I, I don't know, and I was just talking about this with someone this morning. I, I wonder about what were the expectations for this team, and, and in some people's minds, were they unrealistic? And, and in my mind, the expectations for this team were to, that they were going to win somewhere around 92 to 94 games, and they were going to finish second in the division behind the Dodgers, and they were going to host the wildcard game. So where we stand now, and again, there's a long way to go. And there are 19 games left against the Dodgers and the Giants. So we have no idea how those are going to play out. It could, I mean, look, the Padres could, their season could explode, implode playing those good teams down the stretch. Or, you know, the Padres could make this great run playing those teams down the stretch. At this point, I, I don't know which way it's going to go. I don't. If you made me bet on it right now, I'd bet it, they would land in the middle that they're going to win like, you know, 9, 10, 11 of those games, and and they're still going to finish behind both of those teams. And then they're going to play one of them in a, you know, winner-take-all wildcard game, which is kind of what I expected all along. So, and, you know, and we've looked at it, Fernando Tatis Jr., I, I don't know what the count is at this point, but by the time he gets activated off this stint on the injured list, I think he will have missed, what, close to 30 games? Yeah, it's, I think it's uh, 23 right now. Specific okay, so to 20, the injuries and the illness. Okay, so twenty-five games that he'll 
maybe end up today? 23, 25 games. Still, yeah. that's so, you know, that's a, a situation where your best player, you're, you're, I mean, if he plays enough, you're probable MVP uh, or certainly has a good chance at it is, is absent. Uh, some pitching injuries. I mean, look, everybody has injuries. The Dodgers have about 32 pitchers, I think on the, uh, on the injured Max, list right now. Cody Ballinger, so yeah, <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's all kind of, you know, look, whatever it is, you play 162 games, you see how it turns out. I, I would say there have been stretches this year. I think the disappointment comes from the idea that the Padres showed early on, hey, this could be pretty special. They were 34 and 19. And now they've basically treaded water for two and a half months now we're going on. Yep. And that, I, I think if anything's disappointing to me, that's where you're just, that's where it lies, that the players on this team should be better than going, and I haven't yes. added it up lately, but they should be better than going 30 and 30 or whatever that number is since so they're 66 and 50 right now so um they're 32 and 31 since the uh fast start if my quick math is is correct and they should be better than 32 and 31 yeah where the pitching didn't pick up the hitting the hitting didn't pick up the pitching the pitching went into a lull the offense went into a lull Mm -hmm. It is disappointing. However, for all of that, they are on pace for 92 wins. Certainly not a terrible surprise if they get 88 or 96. And other than the Giants, they are who we thought we they are, they were, right? I mean, other than that. For, for the most part, and I guess the one thing I'd say is that there are some pretty bad teams in the National League, probably worse than you would have expected going in. I mean, you know, Arizona is dreadful. Um, you know, Miami isn't, I mean, Miami doesn't seem to be that bad, but you know, they're not, they're not great, but right. They have, they do have some arms. Um, you know, some of those teams in the central are really bad. Uh, anyway, it's not a great national league right now. And so maybe this was the kind of year where the Padres, if they had been a little bit better and as good as maybe we thought they would be and, and others thought they would be slightly better than they are. Maybe they could have picked up a few more wins. But again, still 40-something games to go. And I don't think you can judge this season until we see how it all plays out. I think if this team makes the playoffs, even if it's the one-game wild card, to me, you would consider it a mostly successful season because whatever happens after that. I never thought this team was a World Series team. I've never seen anything during the season to convince me that they should be a World Series team. And... So we'll see how it we'll see how it plays out. And I do think the idea, and it's hard to keep this in mind now, they should be better next year. You know, this is not like a this is not a window where it's like, boy, they're they're losing a lot of people after this year, and this is their window. I do think the window, there is more than this year ahead for this team. But again, if this team staggers down the stretch and they get caught by the Reds, then you know, absolutely. I, I'll be the first to say it's a disappointing. It winds up as a disappointing season because this team is too. This team should not miss the playoffs. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, that would be. We'd be having a different conversation, uh, and and even of all the different parts of this conversation, I mean, absolutely true about the window. Well, been hearing about the window for a long time, so you get a little you know wary of the window. Like no, no, like will you Darvish at thirty, you know, five going on thirty six, still be the same guy? Uh, right, you know. Is Mike Clevenger coming back and, you know, after a second Tom John surgery and going to be close to that guy? You know, all these things. Um, but 
you, it's it's still valid, but it's kind of like, uh, and you're right. Look, the Dodgers have stumbled largely due to injury, I believe. But this was a year to be better than the Dodgers. That's for sure. And the Dodgers, with all their stumbling, by the way, are on pace to win 98 games. Right. And, and you know, and maybe they're getting – and they figure to get healthier down the stretch, although they, they keep losing – it seems like they're losing guys as well. Uh, Bellinger has had a few good games in a row, so maybe he's he's coming out of it. But whatever the Dodgers have, they have so much talent that, you know, to see them finish with 100 wins would still not surprise me. And then they have so much talent, and we're somehow on that pace – Oh, and they have Max Scherzer and Trey Turner now. Yeah, yeah. So, Trey Turner slide. Come on. A lot of things that go on the internet. Like I, I just, I, I, I push back just because I get so yeah. tired of it. Yeah. I can't stop watching it. Slide. <laughs> There's no pushback against that. There just isn't. I can't. <laughs> um, all right. So the Padres. Uh, speaking of records and paces, uh, the Diamondbacks. Here's a little uh, interesting tidbit. Love the tidbits. The yes. Diamondbacks are uh, off to their worst start, tied for their worst start in team history. Now, it's a short right. team history. They were coming around when the Padres were in their second World Series, 1998, but they're really bad. And the Padres get to play them for a second time in three series. It's uh, four games here. You're going to see a lot of the same pitchers. Uh, it's uh, three of the – no, they didn't see Gallon. So they're only going to see Taylor Wiedner tonight and Madison Bumgarner tomorrow got Zach Gallon in game four. Don't know who's going to game three. The Padres will pitch. Blake, Hugh Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove. I might have the uh, order wrong, but anyway. Uh, so they, all three of those guys face the Diamondbacks. And then, of course, we've got the Sunday situation, which we can talk about, Jay. Um, right. The Padres are in, in, a, in a situation now where Chris Paddock is probably still a couple starts away. And you have back-to-back in uh, spots in the rotation. Bullpen, Ryan Weathers. Well, right. On well. And that's the and that's the problem, and that's where you can certainly wonder, and as, as obviously we have and many others have, why they didn't get a starting pitcher a cup, you know, 12, 13 days ago. I guess it's two, two weeks ago. Um, and I don't think Paddock had gone out yet. I believe it was like the next, the very next day, uh, or a couple of days later. But you know, and and Weathers hadn't fallen apart yet. Uh, the way that he uh, has the last three starts. But it was pretty clear, and it was talked about quite a bit, and even the Padres made it clear, hey, we need a starting pitcher. And then they didn't get one. So that's the thing that they, they, to me, more than anything else, things, you know, sort of crumble here. That's something they would have to answer for. Okay, Um, without a doubt, but let's, let's go down the avenue then. So after Max Scherzer... And Trey Turner, and you're talking about an asking price of Luis Campusano and Robert Hassel. And I say, go for it. And I think the Padres say, go for it, if they'd been given that chance. In the end, it appears Max Scherzer wanted to go to the Dodgers. And that's the end of the story, since he had that right. right. After that, when people are still asking for Robert Hassel and some combination, I absolutely just, I, I, I get it. So in terms of getting a guy who is better than what you have, like who you would make your number three or four starter, you're not giving up Robert Hassel for that when you have the window. When you're A.J. Preller and you're looking at the window, you're saying, no, I'm not doing that. Now we can say, but they could have got a warm body or somebody who could have got innings. Okay, so if Chris Paddock doesn't fall apart, or I mean, if Chris Paddock doesn't get hurt and Ryan Weathers doesn't fall apart, 
where are you putting this number four or five starter? Like, wh- why did you get him? Where is he? So, Jay, there's just a – it was a bad market. A.J. Preller exploited the market at the trade deadline in 2020, and he took advantage um, of some things in the offseason when other teams weren't doing things. Well, there were a lot of buyers. He had a lot of competition, and the sellers were taking – it's like the housing market in San Diego right now uh, was the trade deadline. <laughs> And so you're, you're right. But then I think it's pretty easily explainable of why they wouldn't go for it. I totally understand that, that this is um, the reason that we will all look back on and be terribly disappointed. And many people, um, and look, that's fine. Many people will just say, you should have got Max Scherzer. Well, yeah, I I know that will haunt AJ Preller for the rest of his career. If he doesn't win a world series. Well, and, and I'm not even saying that that should have, you know, that that was the answer because Scherzer obviously could control where he was going. But I do think, you know, we don't, I, I would not have traded Hassel for a warm body. Of course, we're not privy to any of these conversations. So we don't know exactly what they could have gotten, who they could have gotten, that sort of thing. It was just a way to get depth, which yep. is basically what they did with Daniel Hudson. Thankfully, and forget forget Daniel Hudson. Yeah, I mean, anybody judging Daniel Hudson off of yesterday should be barred from judging anybody ever again. Guy hasn't pitched in two weeks or whatever. So Daniel Hudson has. I, I need to see a little more before I judge Daniel Hudson. Although I did, we agree we both liked Mason Thompson from what we saw um, earlier uh, earlier in the year. But I, I do think that it was a sort of a safety insurance policy. I don't think this team should have gone all quote all in this year, especially with the uncertainty and it happened hours later of Tatis's shoulder. You can't go all in when you don't know if your best player is going to be available in a week or or a month or two months for for the postseason because going all in without having Tatis is makes no sense. I mean, so I think and and it is proven to be the case and I, I think that's a little bit of what's going on now and I can't wait to see him get back to see what he's able to do and also to see to see where he plays. But I do think the pitching, um, you know, if you could have gotten a starter, that's where you needed. It just seemed like maybe find a warm body just to have somebody. It doesn't seem like they have anybody, even in El Paso or San Antonio, that's capable of coming up and just you know giving a spot start. So just from an organizational depth standpoint, it might have been nice to see them add. Uh, someone in that spot. Now, moving on to what they do have going forward without Paddock being available, Weathers, it was interesting yesterday because I even asked you during the game, is his velocity down? Where does it stand? I checked Kevin Reynolds, our intern who's done some stat work for us, has a story going up a little later today, probably up by the time most of you hear this on the spin rate of the Padres pitchers and whether spin rate is not, it's not down, it's very steady as are most of the guys on the, in the rotation, by the way. So it's kind of like, and Weathers got a lot of swing and misses yesterday, again, facing a crappy team, but a lot of swing and misses. Is He struck out, I think, seven, which was more than he had shown in the previous two starts. Yesterday just seemed like an issue of command, right? Yeah, the ball wasn't and going he says where he's supposed fine, to. And he says he feels fine? Yeah, ball wasn't going where it was supposed to. Ryan Weathers would say he was feel, he felt fine if he had pneumonia. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but he was, but his velocity was fine. You can judge it off of that. Everything is saying that Ryan Weathers feels fine. Uh, as easy as it is for all of us. And I've done it, gone, Hey, 
know, I know they said he threw 90 innings at the alternate site, but you know, 75 innings is he, is he tired? Remember that this guy, his last actual major, his last actual professional season was 2019 in Low A. Um, so, but no, there, it it appears that you know they have a few things in mind uh, that he would uh, be able to fix it by uh, you know, quote unquote fix it by uh, next start. So. We'll see because the last three, 20 runs in 11 and two thirds, I think. Yeah, that's it. Oh. Yeah, a 15 something ERA and and a lot of hit. I think it's 19 hits, maybe. Um, a lot of so hits. Not all yeah. of them home runs, but I think six of them. So yeah, it's six six home runs and and actually I I I'll put it was um, I'm just looking at this. He had. He had given up eight home runs in his first 62 and two thirds innings mm. before this stretch. And he's given up six home runs in these, in these last three starts. So that's definitely been was- an issue. It's funny. Yesterday, yesterday I was looking down when I think it was Brinson's second home run and I didn't see the pitch delivered, but as soon as you, you just heard that sound, it was like, uh Oh, that, that ball's going a long way. And it, and it did, I think it was four thirty three. There were some pitches that Austin Nola was probably surprised they were going to where they were going. Uh, and mm-hmm. there were some pitches that were just not, I mean, all the hard hits uh, right. were, were just right. not good pitches. Um, so. Now speaking and speaking of hard hits, I, I do think that, you know, the, the punching bag that is Craig Stammen um, had a spot start the other night, although maybe it's not a spot start since he's going to make, probably going to make another one. Um did think he was extremely unlucky in the first inning um, of that game. He gave up uh, each hit was hit softer than the one before it out of the first three. The second one, uh, you know, if you can give, I, again, if you could give a team error, that would have been a team error between Cronenworth and Pham. Um, and then Pham even still had a shot to get the runner at, at second, although he was throwing to a moving target, which wasn't easy. Um but those were three really soft hits. He should have been out of the inning anyway, with the uh, with two outs, and then he gave up a rocket um, yeah. for the two for the two run for the two run double. But that was sort of an unlucky inning there. Little surprised that they put put him out there for the second, but I think that was more of an idea of trying to push him for yes. um, for the next one right. for the next one. And and he, you know he did give up one more run uh, in that inning. And uh, but I, I think look, he'll get another start. I'm sure on Sunday in Arizona and, and we'll see what happens. And maybe he goes, maybe he can go three innings this time. I, I don't know, but it is a little bit, you know, the way that this rotation is lined up um, is, is not working very well because you've got these two, basically you kind of got one and a half bullpen games at least. And it didn't, you know, look, the Padres didn't lose yesterday because Ryan Weathers stayed out there to pitch the fourth and fifth innings. I mean, they lost because of how he pitched in the first three innings. You weren't going to take him out anyway, uh, and also how Sandy Alcantara pitched for Miami. But I, I think pushing Weathers yesterday to go into the fifth inning was the right move. I mean, you've got to try to save some bullpen guys, you know, in a game. That was one of those that we joked anyway. about it. We've joked about it before. And, and actually, there's some validity to it. That the Padres have come back in some of these games where they're down 4 nothing, 5 nothing, and forced Jace Tingler to use the bullpen that he didn't want to use, that it – Right, you know, right. He was responsible to not use. Man, he was probably just like, "It's cool, guys. Keep getting out. We need to get just get to Arizona." I don't know. I don't know if he was quite going that far, right. but I but I know what you uh, 
I know what you mean. And they did not show any signs yesterday. No, no of, worries. Um, of doing that until I think it was actually the inning that I left and drive, driving home listening on the radio. I think the seventh inning, they had a couple runners on and Tommy Fan came up and pinch hit and, um, and, and did, you know, got out and, and that was uh that was it i mean if he hits a home run there okay it's six to three and maybe whatever but that was yeah they did not show any signs yesterday that they were going to yeah. uh come back so now they they do have a rested bullpen now they also have their three you know core starters going the next three nights darvish snell musgrove so we'll see if they can repeat what they did and and uh and we'll see what happens with the offense um as well i mean yesterday was a bad day but I don't know that, uh, you know, and the Padres didn't exactly beat up on Arizona pitching even last weekend. I mean, a couple of shaky games where they pulled out wins anyway. Uh, but we talked before about the, the first game of that series was one they really let get away, um, getting the five early runs and then, um, you know, not being able to add on against the bullpen. And, um, you know, Bumgarner, I thought, pitched pretty well yeah. in his uh in his start, they had a couple chances to add on against him and weren't uh, and weren't able to. So, anyway, it's now 22 minutes in, almost 23 minutes in. Fernando Tatis, what you watched him yesterday? Wrote a story that hey, maybe we've kind of looked at it as maybe this outfield move was a fait accompli, but clearly in the minds of the Padres, they have not reached that point yet. Well. I think as it got more real, I mean, yesterday was really interesting. Everybody kind of involved in the situation, A.J. Preller, Wayne Kirby, the outfield coach, uh, Bobby Dickerson, Skip Schumacher, Jace Tingler, just huddling, talking about this and that, and, and kind of, uh, you know, the way that uh, decision makers do in a good situation, you know, throwing out arguments and, I mean, just really deciding, all right, let's see him do this. Let's see him do this. All right, so what's going to happen here? And the question is, can Fernando Tatis Jr. do it? Answer is yes. Can Fernando <laughs> Tatis Jr. play outfield the way we want him to play outfield? And they're not certain that Fernando Ta- that that this that this move to make him safer, a place where he wouldn't see as many balls, where he has more time to decide whether he wants to dive, what he wants to do, would Fernando Tatis Jr. stop himself from running into a wall? Would Fernando Tatis Jr. not dive at a ball to try to get it? And there is some question about that. Right. And if there is question about that, then why are they doing it? Um, yeah. He may well end up being in the outfield today or tomorrow. Uh, it will be in Arizona. That's absolutely the expectation uh, by them. He is basically ready to go physically. The mm-hmm. situation is, hey, where are we going to put him? We need a little more time to get him ready for the outfield. He did need a day to work in, uh, on the infield. That's what makes me think he's coming back today is they got that infield worked in yesterday. That's it. Fernando Tati is ready to play shortstop now. That's what he's been playing. It's not like he needs a lot of work there. Right. Um, so uh, today or tomorrow, I would say Fernando will be in there. Jay, I thought it was ridiculous to send him to the outfield in the middle. I know that he's capable of doing it. I get why he's why they would be doing it. What's, what, what's your take? We haven't even really talked. What's your, what's your take on this? Well, it's funny you you mentioned when you were asking yourself questions, you said, can he play the outfield the way that they want him to? Yes, he can. Will he play the outfield the way they want him to? Who knows? And, you know, it's it's funny. I I watched a little bit of the Dodgers last night, and Andrew McCutcheon made a really nice catch running toward the corner in left field. 
And when he finished making the catch, he hit his left shoulder against the wall to basically stop his momentum. Uh, it's kind of the only, you know, nothing else he could do. And I thought, oh boy, that's exactly what Tatis would do in that situation. And, you know, those walls are, those walls are hard, diving at full speed in the outfield. There's quite a bit of contact there. Boy, having seen Tatis play, you know, for three years, almost three years now, he just doesn't seem the type that can really throttle back to the point where he would let a ball drop or let a ball hit, you know, go over the wall, go over his head off the wall, um, that kind of stuff. And as you said, if he's not going to play that much differently in the outfield, then why put him out there in a place that's unfamiliar to him at this point? Now, if you want to work on it in the offseason and when he comes back from his surgery next spring, work on it in Peoria and that sort of thing. Hey, that's great. You know, exhibition games, all that stuff. But you're right to do it in the middle of the season. I, I don't know. It's, it seems like there's just as big. There's still a, a, a risk involved uh, in putting him in an un, in an unfamiliar situation. Well, one thing I'll say, if, if he could do it, and and he has done a good job with the slides. Now he ended up getting hurt because he was trying to do, you know, he tried to do one of his matrix slides feet first. But he's done a good job uh, hitting with the two handed follow through. It's amazing. Right. Some people thought that would be impossible for him to do. If he can do it, he has such incredible speed and instincts. Like mm-hmm. it could work. You see where why they thought of this when you watch him play. Sure. sure. Even when they have done things like yesterday, where they were doing um the machine from home plate. And so he had to work on direction and reading balls when he makes a misread and it doesn't look as say smooth as like a lifelong outfielder, the guy makes it up and he goes and catches the ball. Right. Um, Right. He could do it, but Oh, Hey, four days and change everything you know about yourself. Um, That is the (laughs) kudos to them for going full bore on this, doing a crash course and then saying, yeah, I'm not sure this is going to be what we what we, you know, right. envisioned it. And we'll see. And and we there's a comment over here from one of our uh, one of our viewers, I guess you would say, that says he would he'd love to see him throw someone at, out at third base from right field. I mean, the arm that he has, it would be a lot of fun to watch him try to throw guys out at third base in home field. I mean, it, I'd, I'd have flashbacks to Dave to Dave Winfield days. But is it the right thing to do? Boy, I, I don't know at this uh, at this point. But if he's ready to go, he needs to be back on the field. And if that means putting him back at shortstop, you know, then he should be back at shortstop. Whatever they need to do with the lineup, if that means Adam Frazier goes out and plays left field, then, you know, then do that. If it means, Cron- if it means Cronenworth goes and plays the outfield, I mean, he can play anywhere. So whatever you want to do. But so they, they need to get that piece back in the lineup. And I believe that uh, that that will be uh, the, the case. Uh, so, I mean, well, hey, it'll give us something to talk about Monday, right? When you're in uh, you're in Denver, we'll see what happens over the weekend, and we'll see what happens with Tatis and the and the pitching staff and everything else. So it should be no shortage of uh, things to talk about. All right, thank you, everybody. 